This one is dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or savor a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, I am virtually traveling to Argentina and discussing sustainability. I am chatting with Guillermina Van Houten, the sustainability expert for Tilia Wine, the first winery in the region to become sustainably certified. Sustainability is in Tilia's blood, and it shows in their wines and in their newly redesigned label. I want to give a big shout out to Taylor Camp for leaving this five-star review. Lori is the best host and so knowledgeable. Love listening to this podcast to learn more about wines and their regions. Thank you so much, Taylor, for listening and for leaving this fantastic review. This truly is the best way to show support of the podcast. So why not be like Taylor? And while you're listening, take a moment to rate and review Exploring the Wine Glass. Ratings are now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Audible. Taking one minute of your time is the only way the logarithms will suggest exploring the wine glass to others. And since you're enjoying the podcast, other wine lovers will too. So I hope you enjoy the sustainability conversation with Guillermina Van Houten of Tilia Wines. Slancha. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, someday service, champagne specialist, and WSET level 2 graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Allure of the Poor, sponsored by Dracina Wines. I am your host, Lori. I am a UC Davis winemaking graduate. I have a specialty in champagne, WSET level two graduate. And I am here today, Telia Wines in Argentina, where I have the vineyard manager, Geezer Mina Van Hoen. Am I close? Yes. so welcome and thank you for coming thank you for inviting us yes so my first question is the philia is really when you look at the website when you look at the wines it's very nature oriented and very respectful to nature and i did a little searching around and you really are um a nature fan. So how did, have you been into nature your entire life? Is that something that, that has been a calling to you? Well, you know, I was born in a family of uh, agronomists. So um, I think that's the reason why I love nature. I heard about plants, animals, and since I was a little girl, so that has always been very familiar to me. And then as I grew up and I started learning and understanding a little more about it first in high school, which was biology oriented, and then at the university, which where I studied agronomy, and now at work, uh, where I keep learning about it, and I, I learn all the time, and I still found it fascinating. It really is. And I think you you found a perfect place to have that love of nature, because 
if you don't respect nature and you don't understand what's going on in the world, there is no way that the grapes can grow and be happy in the environment that they are. So it's nice that you um, have found this. So on the website, it, sta- it states that your passion for sustainability was awakened well in France. How did you find you, you know, what were you doing in France? And what I always ask, what was the moment that somebody fell in love with wine and somebody for your aspect being so, so focused on sustainability? When did that moment come for you? Well, I've been, I've been in France twice for studies. The first time um, when I was an agronomy student, I did an internship for six months in a school of agriculture in the region of Pays de la Loire. And there I took some enology courses also. So it was my first approach to, to the French wine. And the second time was after my graduation. I followed a master program in viticulture and enology in Montpellier Supagro and Fodosia Sagro. Um, so during that time, I had the opportunity to visit many French wine regions and also to work uh, in different vineyards and wineries, mainly in the, in the south of, um, of France. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't, I think, a precise moment, but it was all along this experience and the time I spent there where I saw they have, uh, they have a huge awareness for sustainability and which attracted me was uh, that um, watching how they analyze the impact of their practices in the long term, which I think is uh, one of the most important things um, for vineyards in, in, and for sustainability. Yeah, you need to, um, there's a lot of, of people, wineries, people that, that are really good at the short term and they just want to get the best results today and they're not really right. concerned about tomorrow or five years or 10 years down the road. So this whole concept of sustainability is really important because you know it, it's great if you can make wonderful wine today or it's great if you can make wonderful any product today. But if you're harming the planet and we don't, you can't do it 10 years from now, what, what's the big deal, right? You have nothing 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That's our, our idea, (laughs) the core (laughs) of sustainability. Yeah. And so there are really a lot of certifications that Mm -hmm. define what the regulations are. I mean, it's, it's not simple to be sustainable. You have to be aware of a lot of different situations that are occurring all at the same time. Um, and they kind of all have their own, de- you know, their own definitions There's regulations, but in order for you to believe mm-hmm. in it, you have to have your own definition of what sustainability is. So to you, what is sustainability? Well, I don't know if it's my own definition, but I agree uh, with the definition that states that sustainability aims to preserve the land in the first place, place the ecosystem, and provide resources to the community also. So as you said before, making sure that we can meet our needs in the present, but we won't compromise the ability of our future generations to meet their own needs also. And uh, the most important thing, or what I, what I think, is uh, it's a dynamic concept. And this implies a commitment to, to study, to review, uh, and reestablish practices that will best serve this goal. I mean, we can change our minds in what sustainability, our, more, which are the most sustainable practices, for example, in the vineyard. And I think it's a dynamic concept and it changes 
uh, with I don't know with science, with new studies, and the things we learn while while being in the vineyard. And are you when you're out in the vineyard? Are you? I know you're thinking of the future when you're out in the vineyard, but are you having like little tests going off in your head, or maybe really official tests of this is this is where I think. I want to go sustainably, but then, oh, here's a, here's an idea. Let me try if that's a better option. Do you, do you know what I'm asking? Like it, everything can't be written in stone, right? Yeah. Right. So sometimes you, you have a guide of what you want to be sustainable, the path you Mm -hmm. want to go into be sustainable, but then you want to try new things to see if you can be even better at sustainability. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, we do that all the time. Uh, that's, uh, we have, um, I think it's important to keep an open mind. And that's what I uh, was talking about, the, the dynamic concept. I mean, maybe this is what we, we have been doing for a long time because we thought that was the best thing for a thing for or the best practice for the soil, for the plant. And then we discovered that maybe there's another thing, an alternative that could help us. Or there are different solutions that... Um, between uh, different vineyards, I mean, different locations, different climates, there are things that adapt more to certain ecosystems than uh, in other ones. That that, that's why we say also, um, also that we cannot take solutions from other wine-grown regions. We cannot copy because we have to adapt to our condition. And maybe I think that works in Australia. Uh, I don't know. doesn't work here in Argentina. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that's a really, really great point because there, you know, something like you said may work in another region and it may be perfect for that region and it just isn't what is the best for your region. So that that's a fantastic point to, to mention. Before we get into a little bit more of Telia and, and, our, and the wines and how they're sustainable, uh, can we do a little brief uh, lecture? you know, lesson on Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> so, so first of all, what, what makes Argentina where, where you are, what makes it so special? Like for a wine yeah, region? Yeah. Um, we have, you know, a special terroir. I mean, we have a combination of altitude called cool mountain nights, very sunny day. We have a lot of sun here in Mendoza, a low humidity, and uh, we have an iconic grape, Malbec, which is very well adapted to, to, to Mendoza. And all these, we have always, uh, we have also a savoir-faire, as uh, the French um, said. Uh, we grow these grapes with traditional farming practices. And uh, we have a very special climate, uh, climatic condition because Mendoza, the Andes Mountains, are a shelter, you know, from the Pacific rains and generates a dry, very dry micro, microclimate. So cool nights um, and, and also cool nights and, and intense uh, sunlight, sunlight come uh, with extreme high altitude. Mendoza is the only important wine region in the world with vineyards above 3,000 uh, feet in, in elevation. Um, and also we have uh, very well-drained alluvial soils. We were formed millions of years ago by, um, by rivers and glaciers. And they are filled with rocks, pebbles, sands, clay, uh, lime. Um, and so that makes us here in Mendoza, we grow grapes under these conditions and in the desert, we irrigate our, our grapes. 
So they all benefit from the bright sunlight, the cool night, the healthy conditions, because we have not, we have, we have um, got a, a, a strong pressure disease uh, because of the, the dry climate and low rainfall. And this generates uh, like great concentration of flavors in the grapes. And this allows us to create seven varieties of wine like we have in Tilia. Where is Tilia actually, where is it within Argentina? Mm-hmm. How, how does somebody get to you? Okay. You are, Tilia Winery is located in Junín, in Mendoza, in the eastern zone of Mendoza. But the wines are made from, uh, a, are a blend of organic grapes that come from the Uco Valley, the central uh, region, and the eastern region of Mendoza. Um, if you want to come to Mendoza, you can come from, uh, we have an airport here in Mendoza called El Plumerillo, so that if uh, you're traveling from the eastern coast of the United States, it's about 12 hour uh, flight with a stop in Buenos Aires. And uh, an 18, it's about a 19 hour, an 18 hour trip is coming from the West Coast. Um, well, you have always a stop in Buenos Aires. Uh, I recommend visiting Buenos Aires before or after Mendoza. <laughs> it's a good place to stop. Yeah, it's a good place to stop. Yeah, that's true. Now yeah. we are there. I mean, we are in Mendoza, but uh, with grapes from three different regions. Okay, and these regions, so mm-hmm. the winery is in the one section, then you have grapes in the three other regions. How far about are is the winery to those regions? From the Uco Valley is uh, 200 kilometers away. I mean, the Uco Valley is very big. Um, and from the central region, uh, 100 kilometers oh, away well. from the winery. Okay. Okay. Um, and so you're, you're busy traveling during, yeah. right? <laughs> you're busy traveling quite a bit. Yeah, we, we, yeah we, we're used to here in Mendoza. So uh, you're used to it. Yeah. yeah, you have a truck and you're just used to going, going, listening yeah. to music. You have music listen that you listen to. to, to podcast. <laughs> podcast. All right. Um, yeah. So on the website, I actually fell in love with the website when I did uh, some research because under team, under the team, in addition to yourself and Gonzalo, you have native bees as like employees. And (laughs) I absolutely, absolutely love that. And then there's the Tilia tree. And uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Haria. Haria. Haria plant. (laughs) And then uh, javelin, right? Gavilan. Gavilan. Okay. So, and then you also give praise to the fauna and flora, you know, which is so important to the sustainability. So first let's talk about the bees. Are you raising the bees or is it just so such a wonderful area of sustainability that the bees are prevalent there? No, we are not raising them. Okay. They, are, they are native, they are present in, and they are naturally present in, in the vineyard. And we talk about the bees as partners, uh, partners uh, because they are very represent- representative of the spirit of Tilia. There are over, um, I mean, there are over 200 native bee, bee species in Mendoza, and they are pollinators and in the vineyard. Um, they help us preserve the flora diversity, for example, in our cover crops that we use between the rows. And this diversity, in turn, promotes a bigger diversity of insects and birds. So bees is like uh, the representative insect um, for us. That's why we we like it. We we use them in the label also. I love it. Which I'm going to 
show a label. Um, this is your Bonarda. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which first of all is really cool that there is, that you have Bonarda. There is not a lot of wineries or not a lot of wines mm -hmm. that we see here that is mm -hmm. Bonarda, but on the label, it is true. Just mother nature on a label here. And it, it, <laughs> it, it is beautiful. You have, you have, you know, um, and I don't know if this is the meaning behind it, but this is what I, what I got on it. I saw somebody holding a leaf, which to mm -hmm. me is, you know, your hand in hand with nature. Um, that yeah, it, it represents a, a social sustainability. This one, each one of those uh, symbols, I, I can explain them to you. Yeah. Each of those represents uh, the pillars, let's say, of, uh, of Celia. And uh, the, the first one, the, the, first, the hand with the leaf represents humans, so uh, social sustainability. That means that we um, support community with an array of social programs. And uh, I don't know, for example, uh, one of these programs is to uh, invite some interns from local high schools to come and work in, in our vineyards. And we promote or we try to promote young people to stay close to their community. Um, we always tell an example that there was a, a couple of um, a young boy and, and a girl um, which come, uh, came to, the, to work a season with, with us and um, they didn't know, um, they, never, they have never been in the vineyard before and they didn't know how was the work there because they, go, they don't go to the vineyards with their parents as they used to. So they did uh, the internship and the experience how we work, we share, I don't know, when they know how with them. Uh, vineyard tasks and um, they, felt, they felt it was a great job so we tried to encourage them to study some agricultural careers or to stay with us so now the young men worked in the vineyard and the girl uh, for example wanted to, wanted to be a police officer at first but then she <laughs> changed her mind and she's now studying to be a field technical so this was a, a huge win for us it's it, uh, I don't know because we promote them to stay close to their homes and to their local communities that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's symbol means. Yeah. Then you have uh, the other symbol uh, that is a mountain and the river pulling through the mountain. You see the water. That is, uh, we call it rooted, and it refers to our traditions. And um, we like to explain like this with, a, with, with, a, with the vines roots. You know, vines have very extensive root systems, especially, especially Malbec take water and nutrients from the soil but without water we won't have these uh these deep roots so to water our vineyard we still use the same sophisticated canals our native people designed and built 600 years ago to make the water melted from the Andes, from the andes arrive to each vine so that's what uh this symbol means deeply rooted it refers awesome. to our to honor our traditions Okay, and then we've already talked about the bee, but I have to show the bee. Oops, I have to show the yeah, bee. Yeah, the bee is there. <laughs> the bee is like the, the uh, like the summary. So I'll tell you in the, in the end if you want. So yeah, because um, it's in relation with, with the other ones. Um, you have also a little leaf there, a bee, a, a sun, oh, this. a sun and a leaf. Yeah, the leaf represents biodiversity because uh, we say always that it's important to have natural and um, balanced and resilient ecosystems. And we want to say that um, in our case, we want to have stronger vineyards. 
And when we mean resilient, we say that um, it's an ecosystem that will be able to recover quickly from difficult conditions. That's why the leaf uh, oh. is there, representing biodiversity. And then in relation with, with this also, uh, it's natural resilience. That means that we won't have what I was telling you before. We won't have the same solutions or management techniques that may have in other countries. And we like to look for local solutions in our native uh, ecosystems. Um, I mean, I believe in technologies, you know, but sometimes that's nature that's best. <laughs> and um, for instance, when we use cover crops in the mid-rows that help us avoid losing soil, they make our soils healthier also. Uh, we study and we look for uh, the correct species and we feed them or just let them grow if they are spontaneous. Sometimes they are better, sometimes not, but well, I mean, we will look for solutions in nature in nature, trying to use the less input as possible. And, um, and then stronger, uh, then the, the last one is the B. Um, we love this. <laughs> stronger <laughs> together. And we chose the B because as I said before, they are great team workers and everything B does, they, they help us in the vineyards. So they represent like what we need to do um, because sustainability for us is not one thing or one action is a sum of things because there are threats everywhere and it's not easy at all. Um, so it's a summary to reflect our values, to uh, respect nature, support the community, honor traditions, and that's why there's a be there. Well, I, I absolutely love it. It's the, you know, it's simple and complex at, yeah. at the same time. And okay. It, it tells sustainability. Yeah, yeah. It tells an entire story of of who uh, who Tilia is and what they care about. You know how they care about the nature so much. And the drawings themselves are simple, but as they all come together, it, it really does tell a complex story. And the other thing um, for anybody who take who uh, finds the wines. Uh, mm -hmm. It does tell the little stories of of the images on the back label. Yes, yes. Um, so all of these practices come together to create a, a, a wine that is good for the environment. And how many different wines are you making? Seven wines. Seven yeah, different sorry. wines. Okay, yeah. seven wines. Um, Malbec, Bonarda, Malbec Pira, um, we have Chardonnay, Torrontés, and uh, I have two more. Um, a Cabernet Sauvignon, sorry, I was forgetting. Yeah. Cabernet and Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon. And, and then you have the Syrah Malbec. You have the Syrah, Syrah Malbec. Malbec. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, excellent. And do so the you have a Malbec and a Syrah Malbec. Are those are those Malbecs coming from the same region? The, in both cases, yes. Malbec comes from the three different regions. Okay, so the different profiles of Malbec. So we look may, maybe more freshness from the Uco Valley or more uh, I don't know um, different profiles that Gonzalo, the winemaker, looked for to make Tilia wines. So it comes from the three regions. <laughs> 
And now, a word from our sponsor. Did you know that Dracina Wines has a wine club? We named it the Chalk Club. Draco is on our label, but Vegas was getting a bit jealous, so we decided he deserved to be our wine club spokesdog. In Las Vegas, betting chalk means that you are betting on all of the favorites, and we're gambling that once you taste our wines, we will become one of your favorite wineries. The club is simple, yet a bit different than most. We don't ask for a lot of commitment like others do. Choose between three tiers. The Sweet 16, where you'll receive three bottles twice a year and get 25% off all orders. Sign up for the Elite 8 and get 30% off all orders and receive four bottles twice a year. Or make it to the Final Four and receive six bottles twice a year, as well as receiving 35% off all purchases. All tiers receive discounted shipping, are customizable, and are eligible for unlimited referral bonuses. Add $15 to your bank for each person you refer. Head to www.dracinawines.com or the link in the show notes to find out all the Chalk Club has to offer and to sign up. We've stocked the odds so that you can get our award-winning wines without breaking the bank. You know, we're talking about how the winemaker is taking the grapes from the different regions to do the expression that they would like in these bottles. So that's a perfect introduction to like, what are the differences between these three regions? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have the, you have three different regions. How do you farm these vineyards similarly or differently because of where they're located? Um, well, your Uka Valley, the Uka Valley, one of the regions considered to be one of the premier grape growing regions in, in Mendoza. It's located 100 miles due south from Mendoza City, and its elevation reaches uh, 3,000, uh, between 3,000 and 5,000 feet. This area covers three counties, um, Tupungato, San Carlos, and Turuyam, and uh, is in very high altitude, so it transla- translates into much lower temperatures, allowing for more aromatic intensity and higher levels of natural acidity for freshness and balance. The Uco Valley region uh, is a desert also, like the other regions, and is irrigated by the Tunujan River, where the growers have adopted uh, drip irrigation to increase uh, efficiency. Tilia growers use um, yeah, uh, use vertical shoot position, uh, positioning sorry, for optimal sunlight exposure. Um, for Malbec, for example, it's especially important to achieve aromatic intensity. So the climate in the region is very arid, between 200 and 400 millimeters of rain, and soils are very, very uh, shallow, uh, with loamy and sandy, loamy, sandy, and with limestone and uh, surface stones. So uh, the grapes from the Uco Valley are very um, intense and have very intense and complex flavors, and they lend a, a freshness, like a cool freshness, in the Tilia wine. Then the eastern region um, is the one, uh, the oldest, one of the oldest and most traditional viticultural regions in Mendoza. It's located 50 miles to the southwest of the city of Mendoza and it reaches up to uh, 2,150 feet. This area covers the counties such as San Martín, Junín, and Rio Arabia. It's a desert climate also, and the region receives less than eight inches uh, of rain per year and gets an average of uh, 
330 sunshine days a year. So growers, so we have a lot of sunshine. So growers uh, use vertical um, BFP, vertical shield positioning to ensure the right light exposure. Um, there, the Tilia growers are uh, working to develop new plantation densities and lower yield levels that increase concentration and flavor intensity. The grapes in general from the Eastern region develop very ripe, very ripe, rich fruit flavors. And um, we produce wines uh, with excellent mid palate richness uh, to our Tilia wines. And then the Central region um, is home from the oldest high quality vineyards in Mendoza. It's irrigated by another river, it's called Mendoza River, located uh, 12 miles, 12, 12 miles, um, sorry, due south from Mendoza City. And its elevation reaches uh, 2,600 uh, and up to 3,700 feet. This area covers Luján de Cuyo and Maipú counties. Um, and the, in this region, the climate is also arid and it receives uh, an average of 180 millimeters of rain. They have um, alluvial but clay, so clay soils with a rocky subsoil. And as yet, that's common for the three regions that they contain very, very low levels of organic matter. Together with the continental climate and the wide, so wide thermal amplitude, the conditions, they produce rich, um, intense wines of a deep violet color and very, they are very concentrated with plummy and spicy flavors. So that's the three regions more or less. So we said we look for different things in each, in, in each region, region for our wine. So this, this is a difficult question because uh, it's kind of like asking your favorite child, is there one of these regions <laughs> that you prefer to work with? Not that you don't like working in the other regions, but mm -hmm. is there one of those regions just that you feel a little more, you know, more close with? Um, uh, I don't know. You know, the Uco Valley has a very... I don't know, uh, the scenery the, is, is, is beautiful. The environment with the mountain is closer, but the other ones are also very, I don't know, very interesting. And I like to work in, in, in the three of them. I cannot choose one. Um, they each have their own special because, yeah, special place in your heart. They have, I have a different, or, or, or a place that I, uh, a place in the vineyard specific that I like to be there the most. Um, yes, I have one in each, do you, in each of them. It's your own little get your own little private getaway in each of the vineyards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I find being in a vineyard is a very peaceful, is a very yeah. peaceful place that, you know, you can, you know, you can just walk through them and, you know, the, the sounds that you're getting from the animals that are there, the bird, you know, the birds that hopefully aren't eating your grapes, um, <laughs> you know, they're just walking oh, we through. Don't have, uh, we don't have many eating grapes, uh, birds that eat our grapes. Oh, well, lucky. yes, very lucky. That's nice. Oh, yeah. um, not threats, but not birds. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I just, I do, I find it like if, if I'm kind of like wired or whatever and to nature in general does that to me. If I'm, you know, if I'm fired up about something, I'll go take a walk 
I'll go yeah. be in nature. But being in the vineyard and be, you know, seeing the evolution that the vines go through during, you know, during the year is there's something special about, yeah, about really. ha- having that ability to walk through. And I asked the question, I asked the question all the time um, because I have my answer. I have, I have an answer, but during, you know, we have this life cycle of the, of the vines and mm-hmm. there's a dormant space, right? They sleep at some point, but mm-hmm. it, do you have a, a favorite time of year to be in the vineyard? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I I love the vineyard in the autumn for for the colors. Uh, I I don't know. It's a, a very after you know harvest that is a very rush. We, we are always running and have a lot of work. You know, autumn is a is a moment where all is finished and uh, we are preparing to rest. Like the like the, like the wine <laughs> and the colors in the vineyard are really really um, I don't know really beautiful. I yeah. like to work to, to walk in the vineyard uh, where with these changing colors. Leaves are changing its colors. And then in the spring, uh, I really like the the, the the smell of the vineyard flowers. Yeah, also when it's flower so I'm flowering. Yeah. Spring and autumn, let's say. <laughs> yeah. I think it's beautiful all year round. Um, each it's beautiful you know, all year round. I mean, yes. but you know, <laughs> it came to my mind is the colors, uh, colors popping is, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. So if we get back to to Tilia, like the winery itself doesn't just believe in sustainability. You guys are actually leading the way. So you're, I believe, you are the first Argentine wine to carry the certification the bodegas de argentina certified sustainable mm-hmm. seal yes that is correct we were the first it was the first first wine label to carry a sustainability seal of bodegas argentina this is based on a, on a protocol that give a, uh, gives a list of standards which is audited and certified by a third party and but to date uh, there are more than 80 vineyards and wineries that have been certified in argentina but Celia was the first to, to have the label in uh, to have the seal in the label. That's that's and wonderful. Well, so um, we have always Celia has always been driven by sustainability. Uh, that's why with the label, with a new label and this certification also to carry in the label, we um, we seek to create like a, an action around sustainable living, not only in Argentina but all, also around the world. It's. It's, I mean, it's incredible to be able to say you're the first to have done anything. Never mind, you're the first in the region to understand yeah. the importance of sustainability. And I looked at that document. You're, you're saying there's regulations that you needed to follow. I looked at that document. It's 155 pages long yeah. of things that you need to do in order okay. to get this certification. So can can you tell us, I mean, I don't want to, I, I can't even hear 155 things, but like, what does, like, what does that mean to, you know, this third party has come up to these 155 pages worth of stuff. That means you guys are really focused and spending a majority of your time following these, these regulations. And I get you understand that that's the better way to go, but it's Mm going to always be on your mind of, 
of that? Or did you already do that? And they kind of guided you. I'm asking a horrible question. Let me start over again. So there's a, <laughs> there's, I I'm a you understand what I'm yeah. trying to say? Uh, yeah. If we started before, I mean, to do this kind of practices. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it, uh, some, some things we did before the certification and then we add uh, new practices or correct some uh, things, but um, it was um, for the beginning. I mean, we, we started doing this kind of things, and it was always in our mind the, the, the idea of sustainability. I mean, and we change things, we adapt to the protocol, but or we change things because we learn new things. But I mean, the idea was always uh, was always there even before the. the certification let's say okay. and you know I, why, I, I, example, we uh, with organic sorry um, i want to just want to add this uh, they are or, organic grapes we are not certificated uh, all um we are, um, our grapes are grown organically but they are not all fully certificated the, the vineyards they will be in 2023 but i mean oh. the practices and all the transition is just been done so the practices are there and I just gonna say I never I didn't even ask the the actual backstory of the winery itself. Like, where does the name come from? What was your first vintage? Um, yeah, well, the name uh, Tilia wines, you know, makes reference to uh, Tilias or Tilos tree here in in Argentina. Is um, a tree that you can find everywhere in, in Mendoza. It's very characteristic and. With uh, the leaves of tilia, you can make an, a tea, a calming tea. Oh. So uh, the, the idea of called tilia wines was chosen because it represents uh, like our spirit of hard work, hard work, but the rest, uh, the, the resting before the hard work also, like the lifestyle of Mendoza, you know, um, that, that's why we, 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 we chose uh, the tilia, uh, tilia tree, oh. for balance with nature and hard work. Perfect. Telia produces these seven wines, and I know they're available in the United States, but how can somebody, where can somebody find them here? Okay. If you want to shop uh, our wines, you can find us at Costco, at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Total Wine, and Wine.com. Oh, okay. So there's lots of options for us to to yeah. find these wines. And I, like I said, I'm excited The Bernarda and Tarantes, like there, these are varieties that I know my wine geeky friends, like get all excited over, you know, it's nice. I mean, you, you it, we get so much, you do make a cab, you know, but like we have so much of this, but like when we can get, get what, I don't know. I guess I consider those, you know, like native, you know, we don't have, I mean, we do have Bernarda in the United States, but like, it's not the same. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> well, that's like my favorite, I should say. Is um, it? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And uh, it comes from the Eastern zone of Mendoza. And um, I love Celia Bernarda. So yeah. I recommend to to try it <laughs> all right so there you go that's the first one you guys are going to want to find out when, yeah. when you walk into and whole foods and trader joe's those, that's wonderful and total wine um and then if we can order it on wine.com that is fantastic um yeah. so i just want to say thank you i don't know if i missed anything that you want to get i just i'm so blown away by how dedicated the winery is 
to sustainability. It, it's mm-hmm. just, there's wineries that are sustainable, but it's kind of, and it's kind of like we make wine and we do it sustainably. And you guys are so, so understanding of how important it is to be one with nature, to, to take care of nature and to make wonderful wines while following this protocol is just, it's, it's really nice to see that there's so much dedication to it. So I would like to say thank you for doing that because I'm a nature fanatic. I am a huge tree hugger. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, um, Lori, uh, if people uh, want to find out more about Celia, they can visit us on uh, www.celiawines.com. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Celia Wines. So we invite people to tag us on social media, on social media, sorry. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing the Tilia story and the sustainability. And I, I need to get out there eventually. Yeah, <laughs> so I would love to come visit. Um, every time I see pictures of the region, I just think it is such a magnificently beautiful region. And the wines that are created in the region are one of my favorites. So I do definitely need to get there. But Thank you so much for taking time. I don't know what time it is there. I think you're you're nine hours ahead of me. Is that? Uh, no, I think we're five hours. Oh, five. Oh, okay. All right. That's not bad at all. But thank no, no, you. No, it's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> um, thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing the story. And I am excited to try these wines. And since it's your favorite, I'm going to start off. The first one I open is going to be the Bonarda. So everybody can pay attention to my social media channels because we will be talking about this. So thank you very much and have a great week. And I hope to see you in real life one day soon. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you. Lori. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great Bye. day. Bye. This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoytbud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Music is Wine by Kevens. Until next week, slancha. Right now.